Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Curiosity Podcast. I am Jacob Sparrow. I'm joined here today by my co-host, Ella. Nice to see everybody or listen to everybody today. My name is Ella. We're also here with two other people, one of them just watching us, um, not not a creepy way, he's a, he's a new podcaster, so he's just watching how it's done, and our special guest tonight, Grace Anderson. So yeah, my name is Grace Anderson, I'm from the small town of Howard Lake, Minnesota, and I'm about to graduate this semester. Um, I have been with River Whale since... Last spring was my, so the last spring semester, that was my first time being on the team. And then my first time submitting was last fall, so a year ago. Um, And now here I am. I'm a lead managing editor alongside Isaiah Folo, um, overseen by Jeff Herbach. And our editing team has actually grown a lot this semester. So um, I I couldn't even tell you how many people are on our editing team at this point, but um, it's good because it means that River Whale is growing. Um, Hopefully the submissions say that this semester, I'm hoping a lot of people submit um, because it's good to have people get their work out there and get it um, reviewed and uh, hopefully published in the issue if they do well. So uh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, if you don't mind, we're just going to ask a few questions kind of about the content and all the ins and outs that are within River Whale. Um, so just starting off, who can participate? So River Whale is a literary journal um, for undergrad students at MNSU. Um, so which the reason we don't have grad students is because we want it to be fair um, because grad students have more experience under them and have had a lot of time to perfect their craft. The reason it's for undergrad students is so that um, students who are trying to kind of just polish their creative elements, um, you know, they get that opportunity to be exposed to submitting their work for it to be reviewed. The first time I actually ever heard about River Whale was in a class that I had with Jeffrey Herbach, who is running it. Um, And he looked at all of us and he said, you should submit to River Whale. And if you are going to be writers, if you're going to be putting stuff into the world, um, you need to get used to people telling you no um, because your work is going to get rejected. But how you respond to that rejection also determines how you go in life. So you have to be able to use it to fuel you to keep going because when you're a writer or creator of any sort, people are going to reject you. People are going to be like, that's not what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. That's just the way it goes. Don't take it personally. It just means that, you know, it's not what they're looking for or there's room to improve. Um, things like that so yeah mostly just undergrad students can submit their work we are accepting um, I think we have a 4,000 word limit for creative nonfiction and fiction work Uh, we have like a grouping limit of like three to five poems if you're going to like send them in a group normally we'll have people send like three poems or so and um, we just added a new category called screenwriting uh, where you can submit your screenwriting excerpts. Um, I say excerpts because if you submit an entire pilot, that's 35 or so pages for um, all of us editors to read through, and uh, we don't want to do that. So um, we have that now. We have a new subsection of creative nonfiction that's called creative responses to art. So uh, what that basically is is um, let's say you have a video game that you really like or a movie you really like or a TV show that you really like, some sort of art that has hit you deeply 
um, that's kind of why we have that there is so that you can respond to that art and be like, this is why I love this piece or something like that. Like, let's say for instance, I want to write about like Red Dead Redemption 2 and like how that whole storyline just like, you know, really changed my perspective on life and perspective on just the craft of like writing video games and stuff like that that whole thing. So that would be a creative response to art is I can submit that. We also accept visual art submissions and audio submissions, um, mostly like music and stuff like that. Um, and I think that just about covers our whole criteria for that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So as an editor, do you edit all of that kind of stuff that is submitted within it? So yeah, normally um, editors, what we'll do is We'll, we'll kind of look through the pieces that are submitted. We are assigned to different categories and then we are assigned to different pieces. So uh, we kind of split it evenly amongst us all so that, you know, one person isn't carrying the entire fiction section. Everybody works on fiction because everybody submits fiction. There's a lot of people on poetry because people submit a lot of poetry. So we'll kind of divide it evenly amongst ourselves and then we will go through and uh, review the pieces. Uh, we will leave notes um, in like a shared document that we have uh, next to the piece names. And we'll be like, here's what I thought. We'll leave like a little symbol that says like, whether we are like a go for like publishing it, like, yes, totally for publishing this. Or sometimes we'll kind of put like a little caution symbol and be like, "Eh, we might need to like talk over this one. Um, And then we also will just like put like an X if we're like "Mm, not feeling this one. Um, If it's accepted, if we're wanting to move forward with it, we'll go through and kind of just like, if there's any like big grammatical errors, like that's where we'll kind of like edit. But as far as editing goes, like we don't do a lot of editing because we want to keep it like the way that the person intended it for. So we don't really do much of that aside from just like putting it in the issue itself. Like that's kind of where the editing comes in is uh, we'll kind of reformat it um, just to fit the issue that we're putting it in. There's a lot of work that goes into that, especially since a lot of us, um, aren't like the greatest with like creating like websites and stuff like that. We're still learning. Um, but we, we haven't failed so far. So we're just going to keep chugging along and keep figuring that out. Yeah. Um, so on the website, I had seen that there is poetry, fiction, creative nonfiction, art, and audio. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite? Ooh. So, um, I'm more of a fiction writer myself. Um, I've done, I think the last, in the last issue, which is the one I'll end up reading once I grab my phone, um, I submitted a fiction piece called Reunited about um, this old man who is grieving the loss of his wife and decides that, you know, it's time for him to go too. And um, it's really, it's really grim because he like dies in the middle of the woods. So um, it's a little like, uh, but at the same time, it is a very, you know, normal thing. It's a very like big deal about, you know, death is a big deal. Um, so I've always liked fiction because of storytelling. I've just embraced storytelling, but then I moved to screenwriting a little bit because, you know, Jeff Herbach's class for screenwriting last semester was just a huge hit with me. Um, but this semester I actually submitted a creative nonfiction piece to be reviewed. So hoping it goes okay. I'm, I've never been the greatest with creative nonfiction, but I'm hoping that this one hits just right. Um, but yeah, we do have somebody who normally submits creative nonfiction who does a really good job and that's kind of been her thing. I do have to say, I uh, read or rather listened to with Snoop Dogg's voice, Reunited. It's a wonderful piece. Um, I'm glad you wrote it, and I'm glad I read it or listened to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
why do you think a scroll literally magazine matters? Oh gosh, I could probably go on for a long time about why this matters is because like like I had said earlier, uh, with Jeff telling us all, your work is going to get rejected. People are going to say no to you and you need to get used to it. Um, that That is a big element just to get people used to putting their work out there for other people to view. It's a very vulnerable thing to um, take something that you've written and throw it in front of somebody else and say, here, read this. And then like, let's say you're sitting next to somebody, you write something and you hand it to them and be like, hey, can you look over this? Even if you're just having somebody look over it, it's very like a vulnerable feeling because you're just kind of sitting there and you're kind of tense up like, ooh, like maybe I sound too cheesy, but give it back. Like <laughs> it sounds really bad. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons. Another reason is just because if you do succeed and have it published, that is also a very reassuring thing to students to be like, oh my gosh, they liked what I wrote. I should do this more. It encourages students to keep going with what they're doing. Um, so either way, like, you know, rejection or exception, students are going to be encouraged to keep putting their work out there, to keep working on what they're passionate about. And also when it's um, published, they get to say, my work was published in the Riverwell Literary Magazine because people thought it was good. <laughs> and you can provide examples. It just sounds good when you're like talking to employers in the future. It's a good place to start. Like I would say just for experience wise, it's a good place for students to start. All right. Yeah, I admit um, what you were saying, like it it feels good when things are posted. Like for me, the podcast, and I'm sure as soon as um, uh, Ellis gets um, some episodes up, it will just feel really good. But yeah. Of course, there's not quite so much rejection here. Right, yeah. Next question. What what does it feel like when you read an, uh, uh, read an awesome uh, story from a fellow student? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to name drop here for a second, and it's for a good reason, so I can. Um, Emma Johnson, the, the head honcho of The Reporter, um, she is very, uh, I, I wouldn't say notorious, but she's very, like, famous for submitting her creative nonfiction pieces. Um, and she always tells a story, like personal stories from her life in a very creative and compelling way. That's just so easy to listen to when she reads it out loud to everybody. And we, you know, we've in the past accepted a lot of her pieces. Um, and I was just talking to her the other day because I'm also working at The Reporter um, that I was excited to see what she came out with. And she was going to... Um, you know, she was really looking forward to submitting her piece. I just kind of like doing stuff like that. Even with my fellow editors, we always talk about our pieces to one another and be like, hey, like, can you review this or something like that? Like I, I gave my piece to Isaiah the other day and was just like, hey, can you look over this really quick? I don't know. It kind of forms a community at some point because, I mean, just being able to talk to Emma and be like, you know, I've always loved your pieces and all that and just like, you know, giving like positive feedback to one another and being like, Hey, this is really good. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I, there's one note that I want to add, sorry, ADHD moment. Um, there's one note that I want to add with our own work, submitting our own work to it. We kind of have not like a strict policy, but kind of just like, you know, if you submit your work, it's probably going to get in. However, don't abuse this. Like don't submit a bunch of work for it to be all accepted. Um, I can give a great example of last semester. I submitted two pieces, um, creative nonfiction and a fiction. And um, after getting the feedback about my creative nonfiction piece, people were kind of like eh, a little back and forth about it. And I was totally fine with it because I was like, eh, it's not my best work. Like I know that this isn't my best work. 
And I said to them, I was like, you know what? I want to make room for other people's submissions. If this isn't my best work, if I'm not proud of what I'm submitting, don't accept it. Like we're toss it out the window. Maybe don't send me the rejection email because you know, it feels bad. But at the same time, um, I was, I was more than happy to just throw it out the window and be like, that's fine. Make room for other people because other people are probably more proud of their work. And I ended up um, having the fiction piece get accepted. And I was a lot more proud of that piece. And I was a lot more excited about that one. So um, that's another thing in the editing team is that, you know, we're very choosy about what we submit for ourselves. It's, it's fair to that extent so that, you know, like, yes, our, our pieces will likely get accepted because, you know, we being editors on the team means we're very passionate about creativity and about the space and we have experience with it. That's why we're here. So, um, you know, of course there's a likelihood in that. Um, but there's also a chance that our pieces won't get accepted. You know, if we're not feeling good about them or if they're not our best work, you know, they'll, they can still get rejected. So it's still fair in that regard. And it's also just great, like seeing what everybody else writes and being like, man, that came out of that person. Like they really, they really did that. <laughs> so, yeah. So that does make me curious. You said you work at the MSU reporter too. Is there a big difference in like feeling for works that you write for the whale versus the reporter? Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the reporter, there is a very uh, strict format that we need to follow when writing our articles. It's a very strict AP format. So when I write for the reporter, it is basically going to be the same thing every time where I, I'm assigned to an event to interview people. Um, I go and interview people about it. Or if there's like something coming up and I need to interview somebody on like zoom or something like that, I was sick all last week. So I did a lot of zoom interviews. I go interview people and then I, you know, transcribe the interviews, um, And then I will go sit down, I'll write the article, and basically it is describe what happened and then quote the person and maybe like introduce the person going into the quote. And it's a very like, it's very like formal format. And then basically instead of like using fancy words like according to so-and-so or like, or I mean, I guess you can, but like you can, instead of being like so-and-so expressed, those are more like subjective words. You have to use objective words like so-and-so said, or um, she said this, or he said that, things like that. So um, it's going to fit the same format every single time, unless you're writing like an opinionated piece, which I haven't yet. And I guess creative nonfiction is like the closest thing that gets to that. But um, yeah, it's a very different feeling because, you know, the literary journal is much more creative, has a lot more um, freedom to the creators and writers and uh, people who are putting their work out there. So, yeah. All right. Um, one more question about this, and then we'll, we'll switch topics. Um, why is it called the River Whale? Do we have, like, a Loch Ness and the Monsters type thing here? Or? Yeah, so I can't tell the story as well as Jeff can, but um, I can give you a synopsis of, like, how that came to be. So um, apparently, this is – I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> there was this guy that came from New York, and um, I think it was New York, um, and he w- wrote this lie about – whales being spotted in the Minnesota river in Mankato. And so it, um, drove tourists to like go whale watch on the Minnesota river. And, um, it it was, again, I butchered this and Jeff has like way more details, but like, um, that's kind of where river whale went is like, it's, you look for, you look for something that you wouldn't expect. Like it's, you know, you go to expect the unexpected 
and it was just like so crazily creative to have like a whale in the Minnesota River. Uh, so we kind of just went with that, like, because it has to do with writing, like writing the fake story and like creativity and, um, you know, astounding people with not lies, <laughs> but, you know, like creativity. Not necessarily the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, creativity, fiction, like <laughs> things like that. So um, that's kind of where that came from. It's again, I. I can't do as good of a job as Jeff, but. Well, I absolutely love it. But um, to switch gears now, you're also a student here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your student career? Like what's your major and minor and stuff like that? Ooh, yeah, so I am a communication studies major and a creative writing minor. Shocker. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I am in my final semester uh, communication studies is a very broad major, which is why I picked it because if, you know, what I want to do with my life doesn't pan out, you know, I have that to fall back on just to say, Hey, I went to college. I can talk good. Um, That's why I'm in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. There. There. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically why I chose the major. It's not because like, I mean, sorry, professors who are listening. Um, it's not because I have a passion for communication studies, although it's interesting to like hear some of the stuff in the classes and like learn about, especially like in David Engin's class, like conflict management. I find myself sending my mom a lot of the stuff because she's like, tell me all about it. Like I need to know how to manage mm -hmm. conflicts. Um, so just, you know, classes like that, like our speech class with, um, with Justin Rudnick. Uh, I loved that class. And, you know, it was because we all got to just talk to each other and like express ourselves and stuff like that. That was just fun. But, and then the creative writing courses have just been like super fun. That's how I met the professor like Jeff Herbach and like I'm taking a class with Michael Torres right now. And, you know, I haven't like in the creative writing department, like we haven't missed so far with professors. Like professors have been like very passionate about what they're teaching the students and, you know, how they're having students um, express themselves in their work and stuff. So um, I've been liking the professor so far. Very cool. And um, for more stuff about the Justin Rugnick that she's talking about, listen to the other episode of ours. Um, I interviewed him about, what, half a year ago now or something like that. Um, but do you have any um, – are you set up for anything after college yet? Or? Um, yes and no. So I have ideas that are not reality yet. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to go along the line of like content writing, like use my communication studies degree to my advantage and like be a content writer. While on the side, I'm like trying to get um, experience in the video game industry. I really want to write video games. And um, you know, even if I'm just writing like the screenplay for them or like the scripts and stuff like that, even if I can just do that, at least I'm helping with the plot or the storytelling because I just want to be part of it. I just want to be, I want to be in the room where it happens, you know? So I, that's kind of what I want to do with my life. I've always wanted to do something that I feel like is going to change the world somehow, even if it's, you know, not making a big name for myself, like, I don't know, like Muhammad Ali or Morgan Freeman or somebody like that. <laughs> like, but you know, just doing what I can. I mean, like games like Rockstar Games or like Quantic Dream or, um, I mean, Bungie back when they had Halo. Um, I mean, game studios like that have changed my life a lot. And I just want to be able to like change other people's lives the way they've changed my life because it was for the better and it gave me a lot to work with today. So I don't know. That's, that's where I'm going. That's my path. 
What's your top three video games? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is too easy. Um, <laughs> Halo 3, because I grew up playing Halo 3 with my sister. So, um, and it, I never, I didn't have like internet really growing up. So I just played the campaign over and over and over again. Um, so I could probably recite it to you to this day. <laughs> um, and we don't have time for that, but, um, yeah, so I, I would play that with her all the time. So I'm just kind of biased because I grew up with it. That game raised me and I loved the plot. Um, and then, uh, second place, I would say ugh, it's really tight, but I would say second place is, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, just because like, and of course that's a lot of people's answer is Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, I get it because like it's I mean the plot was just like incredible it was just so like every beat was so well thought out and like even for how big of a game it is like they did such a great job um and yeah say what you want about Rockstar <laughs> like that they did make a good game there um and then of course like Detroit Become Human by Quantic Dream like that game just the fact that there were so many endings and like you know the amount of detail that went into the characters and like um you know it's not so much open world but like you know, the characters were really well done. The fact that you could play as three different people was really cool. Um, I really liked uh, the guy that played Connor, um, Brian Deckard. He did a really good job. And I loved watching the behind the scenes for that game because that fueled me even more to want to work on games is because I saw what they were doing and I was like, oh, I want to do that. Like, that's so cool. And so, yeah, that those are my three favorite games. Excellent. I guess couple things here where can we get copies of river whale just to bring it so um you can actually find it online um at river whale i think it's just river whale literary journal um mnsu and then if you want to submit your own work which tomorrow is the deadline at noon so it's a little late um podcast probably isn't going to be out yet i would assume so um but for next semester i'm not going to be here anymore because i'm graduating it's going to be um, at riverwhalereview at gmail.com um, is the email, I believe. So when it comes time, when the call goes out, um, and you'll know when the call goes out, posters will be everywhere. You know, you can submit your work to that email. Um, and yeah, we have a TikTok if you want to see any of the content. I'm running the TikTok. Um, so it's, I forget what it's called. Hang on. Pulling it out. Hang on. Oh, here did you guys, did you want me to read a piece today or, or are we out of time? Uh, we can read a piece. Of, we can. I think we can basically record as long as we want, and okay. then again, whoever is going to be editing this, we'll just cut it down to whatever they want. Okay. It is uh, River Whale. Sorry, it's at River Whale, all lowercase, no spaces, underscore magazine, underscore MNSU, for the TikTok. Um, come check out my content. Me and Isaiah filmed the last one and then i filmed one of me picking up mobius uh richard who is our mascot the stuffed whale um and spinning him around in a room with like the dramatic taylor swift song in the background a couple videos of us introducing the gang for this semester and a little opening video of we're back so that's our content that's what we got love it it's fun <laughs> you had mentioned you had a piece that you yeah, did, did yeah. you want me to? Yeah, that sure. would be awesome. Okay. Um, I, I won't take too long on it because I think it's a couple pages and I don't want to like bore you guys. Oh, no. Docs has to re-download. Here it is. Okay. I could actually probably get through all of it. It's not that long. Okay. Reunited. Sometimes I see her in my dreams. The only memory I have left of her still haunts me. I never want to let her go until my eyes open and it's all I'm begging for. 
What is left? What is worth living or dying for when the ground doesn't seem real anymore? Nothing does. Each building or tree that comes to pass is like a mockery of earth, what it used to be when she walked amongst us. Even my strands of hair beseech me to run my hands through them as she once did. Every atom is a cruel joke. Every creature and object challenges every breath I take. Yet when I try to escape without that breath being my last, I close my eyes and see her. I walk as if I could disappear if I took enough steps. I am away from the noise of the traffic as it is replaced by the birds in the trees. I'm alone, but what else is new? This forest is less daunting, but any place feels empty when she is not there. Every squirrel and bird in this forest does not have the honor of crossing her path. Every tree that stretches toward the dull gray sky will never be graced by her touch. The blades of grass cannot meet her. I lay down and surround myself with them. The ones not bent by my limbs dance around my head in the breeze. The sun peeks from behind the clouds, wondering if it is a good time to chat. It chases the clouds away in an attempt to help me. It's no good. I wish to decay into the soil I lay upon. The air humming through the trees sings me to sleep as I close my eyes and see her. I don't wake up. I will never again drive to grab a coffee or have a game night with my friends. I won't see my children's smiles for quite some time or see them grow old as I have. There will never be another day when I go to a pool in the heat of summer and splash around happily. There will be no drive to the ice cream shop to lick away at my favorite flavor. My walks in the woods with her at my side will no longer live only in memory. I remember the first time I brought her here. She was wearing a gray dress with lace sleeves that her long, flaming ginger hair draped over. Her ice blue eyes looked up at me with determination and passion. I think about my life and any possible regrets, but I lived it the way I was meant to. Although I was meant to die before she did, we grew old together as planned. For our own two beautiful children, I can only wish the same for them and their loved ones. I wish they would see me off, but I also wish for them not to see me this way. I closed my eyes for a final time and took my final breath. There she is, kneeling above me. She is the gorgeous young woman I first laid my eyes upon. My smooth hand reaches up to take hers as she takes it with grace, bringing me to my feet and away from my frail and wrinkled body that still lies in the grass. She runs her fingers through my blonde hair as her lips touch mine once more, a sensation I've longed for since she left. I hold, I hold her hand as we walked further from the world. It is us and only us, and now it could be that way until the end of time. She smiles at me in the warm and understanding way that she always has, leading me deeper into the forest. Wow. That piece is so beautiful. I haven't that's read it in so beautiful. long, and I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. But, yes, it is a beautiful piece, and I hope you to listen to read more of yours in the future, even if you can't do it at the river rail. Yeah. Well, I'll keep y'all posted <laughs> on, yeah. on, you know, how life goes and all that. But, uh, yeah, I, I reading that for the first time after, like, you know, months of, like, not even paying attention to it was just, like, man. <laughs> like, I, yeah. And it was be- – all that piece came from um, – again, I was in one of Jeff Herbach's fiction classes, and his prompt was, you know, write about sorrow. Like, just, like, find the saddest things you can think of and just write about them. And at first, it was a breakup. Like, I was going to be like, oh, it's like a sad breakup, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I was like, no, like, there, like death is sad, but I kind of want to make it bittersweet. Like, I turned it into something bittersweet, and I turned it into this, you know, man finding his wife again and, you know, being young and uh, with her forever. So, 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I liked it. You should. It's really good. (laughs) It's really good. You should. Well, anything that you would like to add? I've always loved River Whale, and um, I'm hoping that it only continues to grow and like evolve for the better once I'm you know done here and done doing school and stuff. Like, I hope I can watch from afar and be like, "Go, guys! Keep it going! You can do it!" Yeah. Well, thank you again so much, and yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Keep killing it. (laughs) Thanks, man.